Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Bell the Bell with Bobby Blaze. I am your host, Jeremy Vilmer, and now the star of our show, Bobby Blaze. Hey, Jeremy, good afternoon as we are recording this in noon California time and noon East Coast time, or at least uh, sometime in the fucking afternoon. How are you, my friend? I am doing okay. I've got a little problem hanging out around here at Bell the Bell Towers. Um, I told Silver Scorpion he could crash on our couch while he got his lair fumigated. But it keeps trying to get into the studio, so I'm a little, I don't know. Oh, man. I remember yeah. the chaos he caused last time he came into the studio, so watch yeah. your back, man. Watch your back. Well, <laughs> and I'm afraid I'm afraid coming into October, he's going to want a guest host again. I've got yeah. a feeling. We yeah. may have a couple guest hosts that month. I don't know. Yeah. But it's something to look forward to. You know? It is, absolutely. Uh, hey, man, when you hang around the Bell Towers, it can fucking drive you batshit crazy. So we need to find some venues out there, man. And we have a couple lined up for special occasions. But uh, So, yeah, if that said, you know what? If there's any fans, we do interact with the uh, Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze podcast with our fans on Twitter. You can find Jeremy at the Geekish Cast. You can find me at BobbyBlaze744. Or you can follow our podcast, uh, Shared uh, Twitter page at Bell to Bell Blaze. Use the hashtag BBBB. Leave us your ideas of some of your favorite venues or buildings that you used to watch professional wrestling in. And yes, I said professional wrestling because we still want to believe, or at least I do. Hell, uh, probably Silver Scorpion does. I don't know. But yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure be, he does. Yeah. So uh, this week, do you have a name of the topic? We're going to name this uh, program episode 19, Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. Do you have something in mind for this one, Jeremy? Because I know you have some questions coming out through the uh, I, I Bell do. I, I do. So this is episode 19, and um, I think we're going to call this one We Need to Talk About Barry and Buddy because we've had a lot of – well, I got a lot of tweets, and I'm sure you got a lot of – a lot of interaction from people as well based off of last week's episode about underrated stars um, had a lot of interesting things come up about Buddy Landell and Barry Windham. So we're actually going to shift gears a little bit this week. We're not doing a top 10. We're going to kind of just dig into a couple topics and do a little more in-depth uh, analysis and talk about a couple things. Yeah, that sounds great. Cause I got a couple really good Buddy Landell stories I want to share with you because a lot of people Kind of left it hanging if Buddy and I still had heat, and I, I went over a couple of things last week, and, and I'll tell you about that in just a little bit when we get to our topic. And then many, I see, uh, actually, you tell me, I think we had uh, S. Sparks, I'm not mistaken, uh, wrote in about a question uh, concerning Barry Windham. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, so uh, S. Sparks, who tweets from at Sparks Third Coast, Yes. Sent out a message and said, Ari, Barry Wyndham's timing, because I said Barry Wyndham was probably a victim of timing more than anything else in his career. Right. Uh, so Barry Wyndham's timing. I don't recall exactly who brought it up or when, but the question was posed on at BTT podcast, which is booking the territories. Uh, Mike Mills show. Yep. Shout out, Mike. Yep. Not long ago. What happens if Wyndham replaces Ole on the horseman from the start instead of later replacing Luger? Your thoughts, question mark, and he tagged it, B-B-B-B. Yeah. And I saw you respond that, that, would, that you wanted to think on that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I had some thoughts on it, and I thought, you know what, that's too long to tweet out. And I wanted to think on it a little bit. So I thought, you know, when, when, you, when you brought that to my attention, I was like, yeah, 
that that is something we could really talk about because we we felt like Barry was just a victim of timing because it had nothing to do with his town, his look, his abilities, anything like that. Uh, with that said, before we get into a topic, let's um, since we was talking about this S Sparks, I think we've got something you'd like to read from him. But uh, let me introduce him if that's okay. Sure thing. This is from his Twitter page, and I, is this a good place to shift gears till we get back to our topic about Barry and our, our buddy and Barry? Yeah, we might as well, because, yeah. I mean, okay. we're talking about Sparks anyway, here. so let's roll here. So, at Sparks, third coast, 6'3", 250 pounds, jacked with all the women all over me, like Flair, in the 80s. And that's according to people over there at the uh, BP, BTT Army. Um, so, uh, hey, Sparks, big shout-out. Thanks for the question. And, Jeremy, I think you have something, and I have not heard this, folks, but he told me he had something he wanted to read concerning S. Spark. So please uh, continue, Oh, yeah. Jeremy. Well, so uh, right before I do that, I want to encourage everybody who's listening to us to go ahead and subscribe to us if you have iTunes. Please subscribe on iTunes, but wherever you listen to us, please take the time to rate and review. It helps us out a lot. And uh, Sparks recently left a review for us on iTunes, and I wanted to read that. So he signs it Sparks Third Coast, which is his Twitter handle. It says, I discovered Bell to Bell a couple months ago, and it's quickly become one of my top favorite podcasts. If you're more into, and he uses letters with stars, but what he's trying to say is sports entertainment, but he censors himself. Good man. Yeah. <laughs> then, so if you're more into the dirty word than pro wrestling, this one's probably not for you. But for the rest of us, this show is a fun weekly ride with former Smoky Mountain champion, friend of Booking the Territory podcast, and author Bobby Blaze and Jeremy Vilmer of Geekish Podcast. It's actually called Geekish Cast, but that's okay. There's no need to get into that. Uh, Blaze, a talented trained by the great Malenko, oh, a talent trained by the great Malenko with a career spanning the earth, was and remains a wrestling fan first and foremost, and his love of the genre shines through with every word. Vilmer is an estimable co-host who oozes passion in his, of his own. This podcast is basically two guys who love wrestling and talking about wrestling. It's a very easy listen with many episodes running under an hour and the time just flying by as Bobby and Jeremy discuss the topic at hand. Whether it be a great performer of the past, a top ten list, or some current event worthy of attention, if you're a fan of old school and old school style pro wrestling, check out Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. You won't be disappointed. And then signs off Sparks Third Coast. Man, thank you. What a fucking review, man. Yeah. That, that, and that goes right on with what we were going to talk about today anyway, man. Just being a fan of professional wrestling and, you know, talking about Buddy and Barry and a couple other stories. That's just, wow, thanks for the review out there, Sparks Third Coast, man. Appreciate it very much. And like Jeremy said, wherever you get your podcast from, we always put links in our Twitters, uh, tweets rather, on our Twitter pages. Uh, but wherever you get it at, man, whether it be Google Play or iTunes or wherever, leave us a review. And, and man, I don't know, that one's going to be a tough fucking review to the top right there. Yeah. We've but, uh, had just some leave good... us a writing. Leave us a writing. Yeah. That helps. We've had some great reviews. Um, yes. That one was definitely a well thought out uh time and effort went into that one. So Sparks, we do appreciate it. Thank you for listening and thank you for sharing and thank you for rating and review. It means the world to us. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Appreciate that very much. With that said, it's time to pay a couple bills, something Jeremy and I, we really don't push this a whole lot, but we need to pay a couple bills in this podcast. We have, uh, some, uh, podcast co uh, hosting fees and we've got a GoFundMe. 
So if you can go to GoFundMe.com backslash Blaze hyphen two hyphen or shit, yeah, hyphen bell to bell. I mean, just look it up. Go to fucking Google, type in uh, bell to bell with Bobby Blaze. One of the first ones that will pop up will be to GoFundMe. We got $150 in there. That'll sustain us for a few more months. We're trying to get about 18 months. Our goal is $350. That money is not going to go to me. That money is not going to go to Jeremy. It's going to go to Jeremy, but he's going to pay our, our hosting fees of $20. So go to our GoFundMe.com page. It's uh, bell hyphen two hyphen two podcast hyphen hosting fees. It's easy to find. Uh, just make a kind donation of $5, $10, $20, whatever you can afford because we appreciate all of them. And Jeremy, before I go into uh, the books, let me just say this. On the $5 donation, I'll send you out a picture. If it's a $10 donation, I'll send you out an 8 by 10 autograph. Uh, I never charge for my autographs. I'm going to get to that in just a minute because we've got a rant for everyone. Uh, but anyway, nonetheless, uh, if you send a $20, uh, I'll send you a book or a T-shirt or hell, I might send you both. Uh, and there's a couple guys that can give testimonies. I have sent those out. I've seen a couple people uh, wearing them. Uh, uh, one of them took a picture of the book where I'd autographed it to him. Uh, so and that's in the that's in the United States only. Sorry, I can mail pictures overseas or Canada, Mexico, France. I've got you. Listen, France, man, we got a huge fucking audience over there. I don't want to go into the mime. I'm gonna be the anti mime today. We're gonna talk, talk, talk. But here's the thing: if you're in France, fuck it, I'll send you something. I'll get it. I'll cover the cost. Uh, it may take three months or so, but I'll get you all something. Just go visit us. Also, Jeremy's gonna give out these short cuts you can get my book on the um on amazon and mm -hmm. i've got pin me pay me that's my first book it's pin me pay me have boost will travel or you can get i kicked out on two the educational wrestler um both of those books are available on Amazon. I'm going to let Jeremy give out the tiny URLs before we get started on our podcast. We do need to pay the bills, folks, and we're not here, uh, you know, bumming, begging. There is something to return for these. And also, with that said, for Jeremy Gizzy's shortcuts with using the tiny URLs, now would be a great time to order my books because fucking Christmas will be coming. And what a better time than to order a book. If you don't like wrestling, you're probably not listening to this fucking podcast. <laughs> so if you like wrestling and you read my book, which you probably have, or books, uh, or follow me on Twitter, or Jeremy for that matter, or just follow our, our Twitter page, uh, you know, here's the thing. Fuck it. Buy one for your son. Buy one for your fucking... Uh, we don't have enough female listeners. Fuck, buy one for a female. So you know what? You might like this guy. Listen to their podcast and here's his fucking book. Uh, you know, something like that. I don't know. But fuck, it don't have to be Christmas time. Just It's fucking trick-or-treat or, or Thanksgiving. We're not going to jump holidays here, but goddamn. <laughs> buy a book. Jeremy, give him the fucking link and let's move on to the fucking uh, I'm getting hot because I'm starting to think about all the start off with a topics on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. You can get pin me, pay me uh, at tinyurl.com slash blazebook1. That'll take you right to the Amazon page. And you can get I kicked out on two, the education of a wrestler at tinyurl.com slash blazebook2. Also, that takes you right to Amazon. Um, you know, if you got somebody in your life that loves wrestling, get them these books. I'm sure they will enjoy the stories. Uh, if you got a table that's wobbly, get an extra copy of the book and put it under your wobbly leg. <laughs> this book will fix your life, and it doesn't cost much to do it. That's all I'm saying. And Bobby, right. Bobby, I, I've heard that you showed up on a list on the internet recently. You, uh, you, 
are you are you calm enough are you calm enough to tell us about this one now i'm gonna try to so here's (laughs) as i was saying about if you make a donation to gofundme i've never ever nor will i ever be the fucking guy to ever charges for an autograph my autograph is free i you know what? Someone just ran a tweet by me again the other day. I said, you know, they wrote me a nice little note. That said, you know, it's because uh, uh, it's the fans. It's, it's why we do what we do. Okay. Well, I'm a fan too, man. And when you had a chance to get that professional wrestling autograph, the last thing you wanted to do was fucking pay for it. And the same thing with Major League Baseball and, and football and basketball, et cetera. I just don't see these guys. Now, I understand some of these guys wanting to charge for it, so I'm not knocking the boys. I'm not talking talk about these other athletes. I'm just saying for the autograph itself, I don't want to be the guy that charges for an autograph only. With that said, yes, if you purchase a picture, you know, I'll make a little bit of money, you make a little bit of money, and we both go home happy. You know what I'm saying? So with that said, I started, and, and let me say this before I go off because I'm trying to contain myself here. I do not think that I'm speaking to anyone on this podcast as our fans because these letters are not coming from fans of the podcast. They're coming from these fucking morons, these fucking simpletons out there that think they can get something for nothing. And here's the way it started. I had a guy write me a very nicely, neatly, typed out, fucking letter that was copied and pasted off the fucking internet and then they signed it and they sent it to me but I took the time to read it being the kind of fucking nice guy I am just your old southern good old boy oh fuck I got a fan mail let me go jack off in a second but anyway I got a fan letter and I get them occasionally sometimes once a week sometimes you know four times a month you do the math I don't know nothing but anyway so I get this letter, and I'm like, ah, fuck, it's generic, it's typed up. But he took the time to sign it. But the one thing that caught my eye, he said that he was a, a Army veteran and was just now getting back into watching pro wrestling. And, he, and he, he made reference to the older pro wrestling, did not mention the other word. So I thought, okay, that's pretty cool. He copied, paste some things, but he did get down to the nuts and bolts of it of all that he watched the pro wrestling, and also he's a veteran. And he sent me a little picture he had had printed off the internet and I thought ah fuck but he did put a self-addressed stamp envelope in it I thought you know what I'm going to sign this guy's little fucking generic picture I'm going to put it back in his envelope but in addition to that for serving our country I have a son that served four years in Marines and now he's a year into and will be for next two years into the U.S. Army and I appreciate the veterans out there so I thought, you know what, I'll send this guy a real nice 8 by 10 colored photo, autographed him, and personalized to him. And I mailed it out on my own dime, my own fucking picture, and my own envelope with my own stamps. And within two weeks, God damn it, people started fucking mailing me fan mail. Again, none of them made mention of this podcast. Hey, I'll take all the fucking fan mail I can get. I love it. But as my daughter-in-law was here last week and I'm open I said fuck this yeah that's just the way I talk I'm like well, she's like what I said fucking look at this and I had like four fucking letters and it's fucking people that's sending me these fucking letters that are blank they don't even send me a fucking envelope not even a self-addressed stamp envelope 
Out of about 20 of them, I had four that had a self-addressed stamp envelope with a picture they copied off the fucking internet. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? So she goes, you know, you know what? She's she's a pretty cool girl. She said, you know what? You're about hateful I can be. You're the only person <laughs> I know that would get upset and hot about fan mail. And I said, well, fuck, they could at least put a goddamn stamped envelope in there and mail it to them. Where the fuck are these people coming? They're not fans of this podcast. I don't know where the fuck they're coming from anyway. She's sitting on her phone because she lives on a fucking phone anyway. And goddamn, within two minutes, man, she goes, well, here's the problem. <laughs> and I'm on this fanbiz.com or fan.com biz shit, and there's my name and my fucking address. Zip code and all. Right to the fucking door over here on Main Street, National Kentucky. Look it up if you want to and send me a fucking self-addressed stamp envelope and I'll mail it back to you. But don't send me fucking blank envelope with nothing in it. I don't know what the fuck you. But here's what happened, Jeremy. A couple days went, and I said, well, that's what's going on. So a couple days went by. I got a couple more, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to look at that site she looked at. So I typed in my name, and sure enough, not only is it there, now, this person, that first letter I mailed back out that I was kind enough, being the fucking baby face I am, sent him a free 8x10 color photo, personalized and autographed by yours truly. This motherfucker went to that site and said that he had a success and that he had written this address and wrote a nice little thing, not nice about me, just a nice little thing to the fucking company and said, I had success. This guy will send you a fucking free 8x10 picture. Use his fucking address. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. And it's in California. And then it's, uh, next thing I know, I'm like, what the fuck is that, man? I, and then, Jeremy, mm-hmm. here's the kicker. I start looking a little bit closer to this guy. Get hot. And I write to fucking people and I say, look, if you want a fucking 8x10 autographed photo, and I'm trying to type as nice as I talk, because I'm thinking I'm not going to get a response back from these fucking people at FanViz anyway, that has over 50,000 fucking celebrities, which I don't consider myself one of 100,000 celebrities. I'm not a fucking celebrity. I'm a human being. I'm a former professional wrestler, author, and I love life, and I hate to be this way. I hate to be a heel prick, but I have to be because of this. So I said, hey, if they want a picture, tell them to send me fucking ten dollars or fuck off and quit sending my shit out there for free. Because nothing's fucking free. And I put nicely, of course, I will sign anything because my autograph is never a charge for it. They write me back and say it's corrected. I look back the next day, and I'll be goddamn, you know what? That guy, here's the kicker, folks. That fucking guy for turning in my name and my address with the success story. He got a fucking $10 gift card. <laughs> Kick me in the nuts. Fuck me running sideways. Oh, fuck me man. running backwards. I don't know. But look, I love all the fans of the podcast. Thank you. But you know what? For the rest of those fucking morons that want something for free, they're not fans of the show. They cut and paste shit out and send it to you. Or they send you a blank fucking envelope. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm not. So anyway, that's my rant. I love all you fans, but there's a bunch of fucking morons out there and simplons that think they can get something for free, and me and Jeremy's just trying to keep the fucking lights on. So fuck you all. Not you all, fans. Fuck these other morons. I got probably ten envelopes beside me here with nothing Bobby, fucking in them. Bobby, yeah, Bobby, yeah. Do, you, do you have a beer or something nearby? I'm going to take a drink of ginger ale. We'll change gears. Sorry. Yeah, I I gotta, I gotta bring you down, man. I, yeah. I, I can tell you're about to go over the edge, and I gotta bring you down. I, I don't have to be here today, but that's okay. Yeah. I'll be fine. 
a sip of ginger ale. Hey, hey, this this picture you sent the guy was it the one where you're covered in blood when you won the uh, the Smoky Mountain title? Oh, fuck, you know what? I just grabbed like three three stacks. I'm not sure if I sent him that one. Yes, it may have been. And, hey, have, hey, have you, said, you said you sent it to California, right? Uh, that first one, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and did I tell you I got a uh, $10 gift card to Red Lobster last week, but I can't find your picture <laughs> anywhere? Fuck, are you goddamn you, Jeremy? Was that you? <laughs> and anybody... I was fucking silver scorpion, but not you. <laughs> And, uh, you know, anybody listening, if if you want my autograph, you have to be an attractive woman. You have to send a photograph of yourself for me to sign and a self-addressed stamped envelope. You know, then we'll start negotiations on what I'll charge. So I just want to put that out there. I was going to ask for a fucking hand job in that letter. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, there's my rant for that, man. I, I appreciate the fans on this show. But, yeah, uh, enjoy your fucking $10 at Red Lobster. <laughs> you know the thing is like red lobster it always takes two hours to get your food it's always cold by the time it gets to you and dinner's always 200 bucks so if somebody gives you like red lobster gift certificate and it's less than like a hundred they're basically saying happy birthday go spend 180 more dollars <laughs> it's kind of a left-handed compliment at that point yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, we kind of we got that together. Now let me ask you, Bobby. Since we're yes. gonna we're gonna get into talking about two guys today. Yeah. And I don't know what order you want to go in. Do you want to talk about Buddy or Barry first? Yeah. You know what? I want to talk about Buddy if that's okay, because I'm already stewed up and people's talking about last week's podcast when when Buddy was when we talked about him being one of the most underrated professional wrestlers of all times. That stands true. Uh, I thought our list was very very solid for his passing. R.I.P. Buddy, because I'm not going to speak ill of the dead. I do have a couple of stories I'd like to share about Buddy first, and then we'll talk about Barry uh, towards the uh, end of the podcast. If that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Well, okay, so, yeah, I put out there that, you know, one of the last things, if you haven't heard last week's episode, go back and fucking listen to it. it was, I thought it was great. I really did. We had a good response from yeah, it. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really good episode. Buddy and I, we, we worked together, and I was always a fan of Buddy Landau's, always was, always will be. And um, and I love Buddy to death. I really did. So I'm not trying to backtrack or anything. But Buddy and I, we had like a love-hate relationship that was just uh, – that was just one of those things that in the business, you know, we didn't have to be best friends or anything like that. But, you know, we worked together, and, and Buddy was always pretty damn good to me overall. So him and I do not have any heat. Again, I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, everything was perfect either. But it, but it was really good working relationship. The, the first story I'll tell you is uh, why I thought of him this past Saturday. first story was Buddy, I was in Morristown, Tennessee, and we had a two-out-three falls match. And that fucker, we go back and forth, you know, he, he's pulling my hair and this and that. He used to always say, he used to do my voice, and he, he could always do his country hick accent. He's pulling my hair. He'd do my voice, but he'd do it in his. It is just funny. But one day, I, so I took a powder outside of the ring. I can't remember if he threw me out or if I slid out or whatever. But Buddy was standing in the ring, and he said, come on back in here, Bobby. I, you know, I ain't going to cheat. I, and he's trying to hold the ropes open for me. And it's just a house show down in Morris. Really good crowd. We used to work there once a month, the regular town, so it was really good. And he, he's yelling at me from the ring, and he's like uh, holding the ropes up. I ain't going to cheat. I ain't going to pull your hair. You know, he's just fucking mocking me, but having a good time with it. He stands back up, and I'm probably like, ah, not even not even to the ring rope. So I'm about, you know, six, eight feet outside the ring. 
and he says something like, you know, I'm not going to cheat again, Bobby. And then he puts his hand behind his back. You know, of course, I can't see it, but I know what he's probably doing. You know, he, he crossing his fingers to where the other fans can see it on that side of the ring, you know, because they're all yelling for me to get back in there on one side, and they're yelling for him to, you know, stop cheating on the other side. You know, it's just one of those good old wrestling shows, good matches. This is back when we was going back and forth for the Smokey White Heavyweight title. So uh, he says, I ain't going to cheat, Bobby, I swear to God. And I was just about up to the ring apron when he said, I swear to God. <laughs> And, you know, you, if you caught Buddy at the right time, there's not a quote, there's not a fucking verse in the Bible what Buddy Landell did not do, or know, rather. I'm sorry, he did not know. He knew them all. And, and, and again, Buddy would tell you, has told you, it's still on video. He told you all about his demons. And I'm not here to dwell on that. We all have demons. We all deal with different things, different ways, etc. So, um, and we talked about that again a little bit last week. So, Buddy was a very religious man. Myself, yeah, whatever. So take it for a grain of salt. I'm telling a story. Stick with it. <laughs> so he says, I swear to God. Well, I jumped back and I said, I'm not getting that ring, buddy Landell. Lightning's going to strike you dead, man. You swear to God, lightning will strike you dead. Well, of course, I'm saying it out loud, and he's saying it out loud, and the fans catch on, and they start laughing. And they get it because they know Buddy and they know me. And again, it's just a house show. And there's, there are a few hundred people. There. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty good packed house show. But when I said that, they knew I was so sincere in thinking, man, he's up there fucking lying. Not only did his head, his <laughs> fingers crossed behind his back, which I knew because he's looking at me. But when he said, I swear to God, those people that knew that, you know, Buddy's a religious person, and those people that knew Buddy had his demons, and those people that knew me, and they knew how I was. And so when he said that, I said, man, I'm, you, you take that back. You take it back. Don't you swear to God. Well, of course, we start working it because the fans called on because I was dead shooting when I said, lightning's going to strike you dead, buddy. <laughs> if you swear <laughs> to God, I, I said, I do not want to be around anywhere Buddy Landell's at. When lightning strikes, when you swear to God, because lightning will strike, buddy. And he's, he, he wouldn't break, and I wouldn't break him, but we turned it into a funny little thing here. And that's not against anyone out there that believes in God or religion or, or whatever your take is on that. But it's just one of those funny stories. And, and we ended up having a match. The only thing about that was I ended up hooking him in a short arm scissor in the second round. Of the, it was the best two out of three matches. And I, I don't forget this. I hooked him in a fucking short arm scissor, and he started fucking yelling and panicking, yelling. And I wasn't like trying to hurt him. I just was holding him down. And he started, let me up, let me up, let me up, let me out of it. And I wasn't because I knew, buddy. And, and it's one of those things, I, about a half work, half shoot as far as doing it with him. But it's one of those things I felt like I had to do to calm him the fuck down. And, and, uh, <laughs> and I did. But I wasn't trying to hurt him. I just had him to where he couldn't move. And he said, let me up, let me up. <laughs> We're going to work. We're, we're, and I said something like, come on, but let's fucking work. And, and there's another story where, where Sadie Scott had to go to, to Buddy and said, Buddy, if you can't, if you can't go out there and have a good match with this kid tonight, you know, there's something wrong. Just go out there and have a good match. And we did. We did, man. And, and so Buddy wanted to work. He wanted to work. But on this night here, he's being real lazy. It's two out of three, whatever. And I got him that short arm scissor. It was the second fall. And I'd won the first fall. That Maybe that's why I was out of the ring. But anyway, when I let him up, man, he'd come at me. And it was something or another. And then, like, you know, go home, go home. <laughs> what the fuck, man? I just let you up, you know. But that's just Buddy. Uh, so just one of those stories about him that, you know, if, if you knew him, it's just, 
funny as hell because the fans, you know, they all really got into it. The other story I want to tell you, it took place here in Ashland. Saturday, I was down at this uh, festival here in downtown Ashland. I just kind of walked down, I rode down there in the park and walked through, and I saw this guy that actually was at this show, and I almost laughed at him. This is not the guy that got hit, but this guy was sitting beside a guy that we were here in Ashland one time, and we was doing a main event, and this guy... Uh, I was already in a ring, and this guy stood up. And so this guy I ran into, I shook his hand, talked to him, had a good laugh with him. But it reminded me of this Buddy Landell story because he was sitting right next to this other guy. This other guy, he was yelling at Landell. I was in a ring from the time that Buddy was walking out. And the guy had a ringside seat right by the entrance to the way to the ring. And he was just harassing Buddy. And Buddy wasn't in the best of mood. We'd already talked in the back. We had this going on. We had that going on. And, and it's just going to be a fucking pulling your tooth out kind of thing. Anyways, one of them nice, but he didn't want to work, but he had to. And it was in my hometown, which it all ended up good because he puts me over. And it is just, it turned out to be a really good match. But the way it started off wasn't so smooth. And Buddy gets, and the guy takes a swipe at him, but he misses him. But Buddy gets up to the ring apron. And um, as he does, he's about to step through the rope when a guy comes right across that barricade, which, you know, don't cross the fucking barricade because you're fucking, you're open game then. You know, once you come in, and if you step towards that ring and you get in it, you're definitely open fucking game. But anyway, the guy got close enough, and Buddy leaned his head right out the ropes, and when he did, he swatted at Buddy, and he brazed, his hand brazed across Buddy's face, and Buddy jumped off that ring apron. And he punched this guy right in the fucking chin, and he went down. And, and I started to jump out like I started yelling, come on, buddy, come on, get the fuck in here. I'm just yelling, get the fuck in here. Leave him alone. You know, because, I, I mean, we had a good house. And, man, that guy went down to all fours, and buddy fucking punted him right in the fucking guts. And yeah. it was a perfect hunt. It was beautiful. And I, I started yelling. But the funniest thing was, this is the guy I ran into. The other, so I saw security coming. They was coming from the left-hand side. of us too. Sandy's caught one of them and then another guy. And they, they just started picking this guy up. And people was yelling because they just had basically seen a shoot. And this guy, this happened within two feet of this guy because he had a ringside seat right beside that guy, but wasn't with him. <laughs> and he stood up and he started yelling at Buddy because he was already standing up, I should say. He started yelling at Buddy and Buddy said, you want some too? And I mean, everyone in the first three rows is all standing up anyway. And this guy's probably a buck fifty, fucking soaking wet, clean cut guy, just a lifetime wrestling fan. And Buddy got his face. Said, you want some too? And without saying a word, now you got to realize there's three seats of, there's sixty people. There's three rows of twenty. This guy's in seat number two on a front fucking row, and everyone else is standing up. The other guy's knocked out and being taken the fuck out by security. And Buddy just yelled that out. And when he did. That fucking guy's got his biggest saucer. His eyes got his biggest saucer. And he set his ass down so quick with, nope. <laughs> <laughs> was, he did. I was in a ring yelling at him, but I almost started laughing because I knew this guy. And I thought, <laughs> that's so typical but of, of anyone. But, yeah, he went, nope. And he sat down the rest of the fans, you know, like 58 other people still fucking yelling on that side of the ring. You know, get in there, get in there. Of course, we got in there. And then, so like, as soon as Buddy come through, he started going, get on me, get on me, Bobby. And I had to beat him up. You know, I didn't hurt him or anything. I just lost forearms across the chest, forearms across the back. You know, no punch in the face and stuff. But I had to stay on him for the whole match. We had it all worked out to, to not be a part of that. But it turned out good. And, of course, Mark Curtis being a referee, he, he knew what was going on. And 
And that's my two buddy stories, and, and, and I could go on and on. And someone suggests, you know, we do a top ten of Buddy Landell stories. Maybe that's something we do on down the road, Jeremy. But there's just two stories that are kind of personal to me that I want the fans to know that, you know, as much as uh, I may lean on it, Buddy and I had heat. And, 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 and Buddy fucking complained one time. I fucking did a backslide on him one time for a TV taping. And he fucking went and told Cornette that I hurt his fucking back. I'm like, God damn it, how you fucking get hurt off a backslide? He slid off my fucking back. You know, quit being fucking lazy or whatever. You know, so it's a love-hate relationship. But I'm going to shut up about fucking Buddy unless you have some questions you want to ask me, feel free to. I'm just kind of keeping my own time. I know we got a time limit today. I know we want to talk about Barry Windham, but feel yeah. free to ask me anything well, about Buddy if you'd like to, and I'll you try know, to fill what you in. What I was going to ask you, because I don't, I don't want to do anything to tarnish those stories, so I'm going to yeah. ask something that's Buddy parallel. Okay. <clears throat> and that I don't know if you ever saw the night that Sting wrestled uh, Jeff Hardy where Jeff Hardy was so fucked up that they had to force in the match. And I was wondering if any time when you were on the road, did you ever see where a guy got too hammered to wrestle yet still tried to wrestle? It doesn't matter who it is. You don't have to say who it is. Just curious if you ever ran into that. No. Honestly, I don't think I ever did. Using using Buddy as a prime example, a couple nights I worked with Buddy. I know, you know, things were going on in his personal life, but you know what? It it never interfered with his ring work um, because he was... It was all, sometimes he was lazy, but it had nothing to do with that, you know, so, but, um, so I want to defend that right now. Never did I ever see Buddy, and I never saw him in that condition, you know, his own personal demons, to be honest with you, Mm -hmm. but as far as anyone else, I'm trying to think of all the places I've been, um, man, you know, uh, I don't think I've ever been, you know, not to name names or anything, but, you know, you talk about, um, the different, you, you know, people that's, you know, supposedly had those kind of matches. I didn't see that Sting match with Hardy was talking about. Oh, it's ugly. It's hard yeah. to watch. Yeah. You know what? I saw a video of, uh, of, you know, JT Lightning and Jake Roberts, you know, they, they got to a little thing, but I wasn't at that show personally. So I don't want to, you know, talk about him because from my understanding, he's doing really good. And that, that's been years ago, of course. And that was mm-hmm. on video. You know, I went to a show one time in Cleveland. It was a guy that was kind of messed up, but, but by the time the show would come around, uh, and he was a former WCW star. Uh, it wasn't Jake or anyone like that, just someone you wouldn't even think. But no, just a bad day, maybe a bad flight or whatever. But, you know, went back and took a nap and hours before the show, so way before the performance was to take place. I, guys in WCW, you know, I, there, there was, you know, those, there's a lot of things going on back there uh, behind the scenes, but I never saw anyone so messed up. Or so wasted they couldn't make it to the to their matches. I saw guys, you know, nodding off or taking a nap. But man, when you're on a road like that and days at a time and hotels and flights and stuff, but come showtime, come at seven o'clock or at hour before the show or so, I don't think I ever saw anyone on any basis, whether it be national, international, uh, regional. I just uh, lucky for me, you know, I didn't see that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad I didn't deal with that, you know, because I, I'm not saying everyone, because obviously it has happened, but I, I do like to think that everyone that's in the business, no matter what your personal demons are, you know, it's, there's a time that you go to work and you know, you have to be clean and sober by, you know, six o'clock or seven or whatever, and be ready to get your ass out there, uh, for whatever shows you're on. So, um, yeah, I could probably sit here and talk about it all day until I talk myself into believing I did, but nah, <laughs> not really. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't recall it. 
Because if it would have been that ugly, I would have remembered it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm sure, yeah. So, and as I understood, Buddy's problem was more like not being able to get up on time in the morning than it was being fucked up at shows. Yeah, and that's what a cornet caught. That that was an expensive nap you took there, Buddy. Yeah. You know, when he was supposed to get that title TV uh, deal coming over, whatever, driving from Atlanta to Charlotte or whatever the deal was. But, yeah, and uh, those are things all Buddy admitted to, so it's yeah. not like I'm picking on Buddy. Don't think that. By no, 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 I just didn't, I didn't want uh, people thinking I was trying to make right. an intimation about Buddy Landell. Uh, I was just uh, curious if you'd ever uh, seen like that. Like I said, it's all love with Buddy. We, we, you know, we're fans of his, and, and we, you know, put him over on our underrated, and I still put him over. I'd put him over the fucking day. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, he's generally just – to me, he's a really, really good worker. But, yeah, I think that's more his issue. Maybe not even coming to the fucking show, not, um, you know, uh, not actually being that way in the ring. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, there's yeah. there's then, a lot of that out there, I guess. And then I was going to ask about a couple things in specific that don't have to do with Buddy, but something you mentioned. You were saying you were wrestling a two out of three falls with Buddy. Yeah. Do you remember a time when most championship matches were two out of three falls? You know, just from going back and watching videos now, but I think the only matches I saw, I saw in Huntington, West Virginia, it seemed like there was a couple matches as I was growing up. You know, what we talked about a little bit off air, maybe after I was like 17, 18, 19 years old, there was a couple matches in that I saw like two out of three falls in person. The rest of them would have just been something that I'd read about or saw on TV, but I, you know what I'm saying, as I've yeah. gotten older. Um, I've done a few two out of three falls matches with Buddy, but but part of that was uh, we had a smaller crew. Uh, had to fill you know, some Mike, time. Yeah, we had to fill in some time. Yep. We may have done a battle royal, you know, the the, the night before, you know, just a mix up on on a booking cornet, you know, to kind of uh, do that. I've done some matches out in Mississippi. They was like two out of three falls. But yeah, I do know that you used to do that from watching old YouTube videos and things like that, Jeremy. I didn't have yeah. a whole lot of them. We did them in Canada some. Of course, that was again. A smaller territory where you know you had like 10 man crew and you might have to fill some time in or something like that you might only do it for one week out of the whole you know the entire tour yeah so, yeah no it's just there's a couple things in pro wrestling that i always thought were cool like a best of seven series yeah. which my fingers crossed nick aldis and cody rhodes get to do i would love to see yeah. that uh right, time limits time limits i miss fucking time limits yeah time limits give it a dramatic feel i don't know why they don't do them and then two out of three falls. Those were just things that you now, said the two out of three fall thing. Yeah. I was just like, here's three things I miss about pro wrestling, you know? Yeah. Well, in South Africa, when I was there, they do theirs in rounds. And I had, you know, two out of three rounds, you know, two out of three falls. Uh, that was the, uh, the starting at the semi-main, I think it was uh, two out of three. I could be wrong. But I do know the main event was either uh, three out of five or five out of seven. And so wow. if you had seven, you know, five-minute rounds, you know, you do the match, what, 35-minute match maybe? Yeah. Uh, so the two – because I, I, I wrestled actually uh, uh, Donnie Vargas, who actually was an Olympic wrestler that went on pretty good, have a pretty good successful professional career. He was on the South African wrestling team in 1980. That's the year the U.S. boycotted the Olympics. A uh, little trivia for everyone out there younger than Jeremy and myself. But anyway, um, he was a tremendous wrestler, and I had to go two out three falls with him after a fucking, like, I don't know, 22-hour flight and a fucking delays and this and that and maybe getting two or three hours of sleep in a fucking South African heat is, you know, killing you when you suck your breath in. But, um, yeah, they did all theirs there. Now, when I was in England, 
not all of them, but the promoter I worked for there, he did a couple nights. I was there for like 28, 30 days. He did a couple nights where he made a couple matches two out of three falls, just kind of honoring that uh, system. But it wasn't ever something he'd done every week while I was there. You know, he just done a couple matches like that. I think it was more because he was a newer promoter and he was just trying something different. But gotcha. I, but I liked that two and three, two out of three falls as well. Um, the ones that come to mind, what Dory Funk Jr. involved in a lot of those that time frame mm-hmm. um, and the 60 minute time limits. That's when he went straight through for 60 fucking minutes with Flair and and Morton talks about that. Ricky Morton talks about going to a 60 minute match with Flair. You know, so yeah, yeah those are things to miss in pro wrestling. Yep, absolutely. All right. Uh, so, Bobby, we did get the question yep. uh, from Sparks Third Coast. You know, what what would happen if <clears throat> Barry Windham had immediately replaced uh, Ole in the Four Horsemen instead of having Luger then Barry? And we kind of we talked a little bit ahead of time to kind of get our ducks in a row and kind of figure out what what would happen. So I don't know if we want to want to postulate it from a parallel universe kind of perspective, but why don't you set it up the first steps of what we think how Barry Windham would have come into the Horseman? Well, having having spoken to you off there just a little bit and without trying to 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 dumb it down or smarten it up, I'm just going by what what my opinion and what we kind of talked about. You smarten me up a little bit more about it too, because sometimes things live differently in our memory. And I talked to Mike Mills about this one time, not this subject, but about about things in your mind when you're younger being a wrestling fan. Him and I talked off air a little bit about this. Uh, hell, he may have aired it. I'm not sure. But anyway, I do know we talked about this. Sometimes when you look back in your mind, you, you remember things differently what they actually were. Mm-hmm. And so when we talked about the Four Horsemen, which we have, you know, the utmost respect for, and, uh, you know, you go back to our greatest rivalries and our greatest uh, stables and those type things on some of the other podcasts, we put the Horsemen up very, very often. And with that said, we know it's Rick, JJ's the, the manager, Rick Flair, of course, the world champion, then the tag team champions, Tully and Arn. And originally you had Ole Anderson, the old bastard as he was, as they caught him or whatever. He was just old grizzled vet. And, and that was your four, your original four horsemen. Well, from my understanding, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because you kind of smartened me up to all this, we had a little thing happened with Lex Luger come in as an affiliate and then from there you can kind of fill us in it went to Barry Windham and that's when Barry Windham joined the horse I'm gonna let Jeremy give you the background on all that because I, I want to get it right and make sure you know, kind of fact check this but just in my mind and so to me and I know Jeremy Barry's just a little bit different on this of his favorite uh what's the word I fucking look for favorite formation if you will yeah or iteration perhaps yes so I liked it when it was Flair and Tully and Arn, and I liked it when Barry Windham became a Four Horseman. I thought that was the strongest point for the Four Horsemen. Now, Jeremy has a different variation of that, and then he's going to kind of take you through how that came to Barry being a Horseman, and then our, we'll give our opinions, if you will, and Jeremy can give his at any point, as to what we'd like to see happen or how how we thought it would have happened for transpired better is that correctly jeremy if if only hadn't been there at the beginning and the original four had included barry windham yeah or even even yeah even in the way i was thinking about it was have have barry roll uh run the role of lex let's just for the sake of argument lex luger does not exist or he was hired by vince mcmahon and stayed there forever or he was never discovered whatever he's not in pro wrestling 
So they bring in, because we got to get rid of them wanting to give him a push. At any point you bring Luger in, somebody's going to want to push him, and it screws this whole story up. So my idea is you do the same story with Lex. So Lex is brought in and his associate or an affiliate version of the Horseman. And Ole starts missing matches because he wants to go to his kids' matches. So they all turn on Ole, and Barry joins the Horseman in, what would that be, 86? Yes. So right there, we are given the four horsemen of Flair, Blanchard, Anderson, Wyndham. Okay, so now you got four great athletes. Now, what what I'm trying to remember, because there was a period of time where when Tully was TV champion, I believe Arn was national champion. I think. I think, and Flair was on again, off again, world champion. So I wonder, would Barry have gone into a tag role with either Tolly or Arn instead of them becoming a tag team together? That's a possibility that could have been there. Or you have the perfect four set up where Flair's world champion, yeah. Wyndham is U.S. champion, yeah. Tolly and Arn are tag champions. Yes. So I think I think that would help. So it would get us a start, you know, a, yeah. a dominant four horseman kind of early. Um, does it change a whole lot about what happened to Barry's career? Well, let me, let me throw one out there. What was it? What year did the brain busters jump to the WWF? It was 88, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. It was 88. So let's say that Barry went with them, completely destroying the four horsemen in the process, leaving Ric Flair behind in the Jim Crockett. Okay. Right. So now we got, we got the brain busters and Barry Wyndham all managed. Let's just say all managed by Bobby Heenan. Okay. Okay. We could run six-man tags with them. I mean, I'm sure Barry would be shuffled around a little bit because you know how Vince felt about Southerners. But let's just say that nothing happened where Tully got in trouble for drugs. Right. Fast forward to 91 and say Ric Flair comes into the WWF where Barry Wyndham, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, and now Ric Flair are together. Right. Now, just for shits and giggles and fun, Ric Flair world champion, Barry Windham, Intercontinental Champion, Tully and Arn Tag Team Champions, and a team called The Horseman, managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan in the WWF. Man. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it. I don't know what all the middle steps would be, but yeah. I, that would have been something to see. Well, here's something I thought you might say when you okay. mentioned the Tully incident. Yeah. Let's say that Barry stays... You know, say here we put, I like this idea, uh, for whatever reason, and we're not shitting on Luger, but here's the thing, we're kind of throwing him out of the picture. And you go back to Ole, and and if you take that factor out and you make, I like the idea of if we put Barry in there as an affiliate, and then they start having the same heat, same angle kind of deal, you know, Ole wants to go see his kid wrestle, whatever, he's out of there, and we just skip forward magically to there's your four athletes. And you've got tag team champions, the U.S. champion with Barry, and, and, and then you got Flair as a world champion. And you keep that together, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's say even if the Brain Busters do jump, or, or Tully and Arn do jump, become the Brain Busters, but Flair doesn't come and Wyndham doesn't come. Okay. Then they come back as Tully and Arn. The drug test is Ignay. Tully and Arn's back now. But less, if you jump ahead, we know Flair goes in 91 to WWF. But let's say he doesn't. So you've got from like 
what, 88, 89, 91, those four years, instead of all these different injunctions of the four horsemen, there's just that little brief period where the Tully and Arn go, and then within that time, instead of Flair going, if they all had stayed with Crockett, they could have kept going, even if the tag team was lost and not be the, hor the horseman with Heenan and WWF, but they stayed in the NWA on a Crockett. You still had Flair there okay. with Barry still there. Arn coming back with Tully, unless it knew that, like we said, and then you still have the four horsemen again reunited, if you will, in what, not between 88 and 91, you got those three years of being a solid. You had already from, uh, we talked about what, 86, 87, and then 88 when Barry come in. So you could have went back to the formation if we got rid of Ole in our whatever affiliate program with uh, Barry. We could have mm -hmm. had a lot longer run in W or in NWA. Yeah. So either way, it works out in our mind. We could have had them in the NWA a lot longer, or we could have had it in WWF a lot longer. Of that uh, combination with Barry Windham in the picture. Of course, we're just kind of dreaming out here, just looking yeah. back on things, circumstantial evidence of, you know, we know that Flair eventually left also, you know, and and we're not trying to. And, Stay that you know what was it we talked about too. We're not saying we said that Barry kind of was victim of the times, if you yep. will. But also he had another title, uh, the Western State you mentioned earlier. You done some Oof, looking up the yeah. map, and I know you hate that title, but you had him. Why? Why not? Wouldn't he have been a better in that horseman without even that title existing? Because you, I'll let you fill in some on that. But man, wouldn't it have been just great to have him as the U.S. champion? Oh yeah, Ali and Arn as a tag. And then Flair's the world well, champion with JJ. And imagine, again, if you took it to WWF with Heenan, that could have still been the, the same kind of deal. You yeah. could have put an Intercontinental Championship in there with the tag team champions and with the world champion and with Heenan managing them, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, and let's 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 think about if you had Wyndham in that role uh, as the fourth horseman initially, mm -hmm. you remember those matches between Luger and Dusty for the U.S. title? Okay. Well, those matches would have been Dusty versus uh, Barry oh, on the man. U.S. title. So that would have been a better match. Now you got a, a, a newer version of the Horseman that doesn't include Ole, where the whole team can feud with Dusty again. Yeah. And, and not have, not, oh, God, forgive me for even saying this. Luger was kind of dead weight as a Horseman. Yeah. He, well, I, I mean, look, so yeah, he looked impressive, but he, he was a little bit green and clunky in the ring and he was terrible on a microphone barry windham is neither of those things right and uh you would have had a four horsemen who were impressive in the ring good on the mic and that now dusty had complaints too about always putting himself over and killing everybody else's heat but yeah. he would have given you all four horsemen to feud with dusty again as well and with that i think we mentioned it briefly off air during that time period if, if if that would have happened, Barry had been there from the beginning. When it started happening, you have another contingent to work or wrestle for the six man titles. You had yes. you could have Barry, you could have Barry with Tully and Arn, and you got when you had Dusty with the Road Warriors, you had the Russians, and you had those six man deals going on. So you could have had you know a whole another series of matches with uh, you know throwing them into the mix, the Horsemen being uh, a six-man if you wanted to. But, you know, like you said, what was the deal in 88? They abruptly dropped the titles to, what, Midnight Express? Yeah. They, said before they, they left. So, I mean, I know yeah. we're just out there just kind of fantasy booking, if you will. But I think 
I think the bottom line for me, I know Jeremy likes the horseman the original way, and I'll let you talk upon that. I'm just going to say my favorite rendition of the horseman, or if you will, was I would have preferred it to be buried from the beginning. I like that version of the horseman, and that's my favorite, and I think that's when they were the strongest. But that's just my opinion, and, and who knows what the fantasy booking. So anyway, Jeremy, go ahead, please. Well, and I was going to say, you know, I I can make the argument that you could have done anything done with Luger. You could have put Barry in there and been better off. Yeah. The, the problem with having him as a founding member of the Horsemen is the day the Horsemen were founded, you had the new Minnesota Wrecking Crew with Tully Blanchard and Ric Flair and J.J. Dillon just happen to be standing at the same microphone stand because they wanted as many bad guys out there as they could get. The only way to get Barry in at the beginning is to have Barry and Arn as tag team partners. Mm. So, well, not the only way. I'm, there's 10 billion. No, ways. yeah, you know, I, yeah. I see what you're saying. That makes sense. I'm th- I, I immediately went back to TV. I was just yeah. sitting there watching because I, I saw that hand and I, I heard what I just, I'm like thinking, oh man, you're so right. How yeah. that come upon us. You know, think yeah. about that. <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, I don't, I assume most people know this now because it gets referenced all the time. Yeah. But the please. formation of the horseman was a fluke. Fucking Arn Anderson just happened to throw some shit out that sounded badass, like, uh, Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction. There you, you know? go. And it just, it stuck. And you got some of the greatest heels ever. The only better heel team I can think of than that would have been Tully Blanchard and Rick Root as a tag team. But we'll oh, save that for another time. Go. Save that for another time. <laughs> well, I know we didn't answer any questions, but we did get to do some fantasy booking the way we would like to see things. But And we also got to talk about big BW. That, I always refer to him as BW because uh, I always think about Flair saying that. BW, you know, just one of yeah. those things that uh, just the way he referenced it, I like that a lot. But, but yeah, I think we both, I think we're on the same page. We made our point to, to you know, that's just, again, Barry goes back to what we talked about last week. Go back and listen to last week's podcast. Barry was just one of the most underrated fucking talents out there, man. And uh, same thing could be said about Buddy, and I know he's not part of this part of the podcast, but, again, we had a very strong list of a top ten most underrated wrestlers of all time, and, and now we're talking about uh, this you know, talk, got to talk about Barry a little bit more in detail and those type things. With that said, I know we just kind of went off base a little bit for our top ten, but we had to kind of catch up. We needed to talk about uh, Barry. We needed to talk about Buddy. We needed to talk about a few things, fan mail. We needed to talk about paying the bills and some things like that. But we've got some really good stuff lined up in the future. Uh, we got some top tens, so don't think we're not going to, you know, you, when something's fucking – not broken, or what was that fucking say? If it's not fucking broke, don't fucking fix it. Our program's not broke. We just had to go off a little bit. Stay at the home base, kind of catch up, if you will. Do some house cleaning, do some talking. Yeah. Just talk pro wrestling, man. I think the best thing was summed up by the way S. Sparks brought it up in his uh, review for us, right? You know, we're just Yo, absolutely. love professional wrestling or wrestling, if you will. Yep. And you know what? Let's, um, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out a couple notes for, you know, if the listeners want to shoot us something on Twitter or get on Facebook. Oh, by the way, guys, we do have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. Just search bell to bell with Bobby blaze. You'll find both. As soon as you want to join the group on I will get an email on my phone and I'll get you in right away. We don't have a lot going on there, but I do share the episodes and I'd like to get a little more going on. Um, one thing, Bobby, I wanted to throw out at you. I'd like to hear what our listeners think. But everybody knows you're an author, and everybody knows I'm a talker, and uh, I think maybe it's time for me to read your book and us to sell an audio book. I yes. Wanna what, I want to hear like what people that. think about that. Um, That'd be great. Would you do that, man? 
you think yeah I, the I, fans, I, hey fans let jeremy know what you think yeah let me know because i i would be excited if people think they'd like an audiobook version of your books with me reading i've got the studio set up and we can start figuring out how to get that done two if you have an idea for a top 10 list uh, except you, Adam, we're already going to do Buddy Landell at some point. <laughs> at some point, yeah. Yeah. Um, and except you, Take Jeremy. Take travel arrangements, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Notice we're still stuck in the office here. Um, but go ahead and shoot us a note at uh, on uh, Twitter. Bobby, what are our Twitter handles again? You can get a hold of Jeremy at the Geekest Cast. You can get a hold of me at BobbyBlaze744. It's probably best if you use the hashtag BBBB and get a hold of us at a joint account at Bell2BellBlaze. And that's on the Twitter feed. And, and Jeremy puts that out, takes care of it. I'm very happy with that that uh, Twitter handle there, Bell to Bell Blaze. But also, if Jeremy answers, he'll put a little J out beside it. If I answer, I put a little B out beside it. But we both kind of take care of that page. But Jeremy, I give him more credit because he does take care of it a lot more than I do. But, but yeah, hit us up on that particular one. So it's at the Geekest Cash for Jeremy. It's at Bobby Blaze 744 for me. Or at bell to bell blaze And all those are on Twitter. Yep. And uh, I just kind of wanted to do a thing real quick. So, guys, if you ever wonder how we do a top ten list, it usually starts Monday night. Me and Bobby start messaging each other like, hey, here's five or six ideas, and then we'll pick one. And so say you know, we're doing a top ten, and it's going to be individual wrestlers. Me and Bobby usually spit out about 40 names at that point. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get them down to 10. Well, yeah. we get them down to 12 to 15, and then we get on the phone or on Skype, and we start trading horses basically doing the who can you live without. Okay, I can live without him, too. And we get down to an agreed list of 10, and then we go from there. Uh, I did see where some fella calling himself Jim Smedley was uh, a little butthurt (laughs) about uh, Austin Idol being left off a list. I don't know that anybody could call Austin Idol um, underrated. Austin Idol might be a little bit forgotten, but that's because Austin Idol quit or got fired everywhere he went as quick as he could <laughs> after cashing a check. Um, everybody knows, everybody who knows who Austin Idol is knows how fucking good he was. Yeah. Especially man. Austin Idol. Yep. <laughs> but guys, so yeah, when we get down to a list and we leave somebody off, we'll probably figure out another another way to take a bite at that apple again and do another version of a similar concept. And your guys probably will be on there because yeah. we see names all the time that we're like, fuck, we left him off, but we agreed to leave him off. Yeah. It's and very rarely. For that. Yeah. Very rarely do we just out and out forget somebody, except there was a guy I was going to ask you about, and this is as good a time to do it as any. Why is the name John Tolos not ringing a bell in my head? Who's he oh. the coach? Yeah, he was a coach. He went okay. to, I, Ron Starr, I mentioned him before, he put him over huge out there from working out in California, uh, out there in uh, San Francisco. Okay. I think it, it might have been L.A. Fuck. Well, L.A. Tallest. Yeah, I think he did L.A., but I know And when I was in Florida, Championship Wrestling Florida, he was a coach there and, and was one of the commentators at that point. And then he did go to the WWF as the coach. Uh, what was that, late? Might have been mid nineties, something like that. He come up here for a while. He was a golden Greek, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, um, I, you know, I don't know that other than that coach uh, up in the WWF at that point, Jeremy. We can fact check this. I know we got a fan that's always fucking right now, yeah, John yeah. Tullis, and I appreciate that. Drawing a blank on your name, but I know who you fucking are. I'm not on Twitter right now. But here's the thing: 
uh, it's probably because I think he was more of a regional star out in California, a regional star as a voice man in Florida. I don't know. I'm sure he done territories. We could look into all that. But I don't know why it's not ringing a bell in your head. The only reason it's ringing a bell in my head is because I heard so many different things about him from Ron Starr when I was up in Canada with him. And as I mentioned before, I learned so much about, uh, you know, like the uh, uh, the uh, fucking – who, who we talk? Oh, the the wrestling at the Chase last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ron also filled me on about getting a wrestle at the uh, Cow Palace out there. Also, uh, what's the L.A. Fuck, drawing a blank. All the saying. Olympic. The Olympic Auditorium. Ron got to work all those places. I think Tullus was out there a star at one of those places. Uh, maybe both. But anyway. Okay. Yeah, I was just, one, yeah, no, no, no. It was just it was one of those questions that's been hanging out there for about two weeks now in my head, and I figure since we're kind of just doing housekeeping. Yeah. Go ahead and ask. All right. Well, Bobby, you got anything to wrap up with before we go? No, man. Just, man, I think we've got a great month of September. We appreciate all the fans out there, the true fans that, that do listen to the podcast, not these fucking other idiots that, that send fan mail that just copy and paste stuff that aren't really fans of this show. And if you know those people, kick their ass for me and tell them to fucking send $10. <laughs> but uh, that's neither here nor there. No, man, you know what? I appreciate you, Jeremy. I appreciate the friendship, and, and I love the podcast, and I'm glad we got something good going. I think we got a lot of good shows lined up in the future, and I look forward to being uh, on the show again. Well, fuck, it's, it's, we're going to be here next week, irregardless. Uh, I just look forward to it every week, man. It changes yeah. my whole fucking voice. It lightens my day when we get to come on and talk. And, 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 and again, it's one of those things. We just love professional wrestling, man, and we could talk about it forever. So with that said, I'll just say, hey. Thanks very much for listening, and I'll talk to you soon, Jeremy. I'll let you close it out. Yeah, absolutely. And remember, boils and ghouls, next month is Halloween. (laughs) So long, everybody. This is the man that molds champions, manager James J. Dillon, and with you, nature boy Buddy Landau. Before you ask why he has his back turned to the camera, I've had a real problem the last couple weeks, especially with the video that everyone saw last week. I received several letters from all over the country where several fathers were a little bit upset because their daughters were sitting there watching the television screen. Nature Boy Buddy Landale came out there as only he can look, and there were young girls fainting in living rooms all across this country. So I want to give the fathers that are sitting home watching time to send their daughter out to the kitchen to get some Kool-Aid or whatever it is, because I'm going to have the Nature Boy turn around now, and I think I've given ample warning. Nature Boy, I think there's a few wives sitting at home that are passing out, too. I think we got some jealous husbands on our hands. You know, Tony, it wasn't long ago I was sitting in my living room. I didn't have a clue where the Nature Boy Buddy Landell's career was going. And then I got a phone call one day, and it was this man right here, James J. Dillon. And he wanted to turn the Nature Boy's career around because he saw a diamond in the rough. Now, I made the move. JJ said, do you want to make the move? Do you want to come to the major leagues? Do you want to be NWA Wrestling, Jim Crocker Promotions? Do you want to be on the Superstation? And I made the move, brother, and I'm here. And like I said in my video, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, I love you. Look out. Move over. Because the Nature Boy Buddy Landell is here to stay, brother. You know, Tony, Ric Flair took somebody's place a long time ago. And the history books and times says that the Nature Boy Buddy Landale is here to take Ric Flair's place. Flair, you're an old man. You're a great champion. I'm not taking nothing away from you, brother. But you're nobody Landale. And you always want to make it convenient upon yourself to be someplace else when I'm standing out here right on TV. 
Well, that's good and fine because when I waste everybody that comes in my path, the Magnum TAs and all this other stuff, there's nowhere else you're going to be able to hide, brother. So Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Manny Fernandez, Dick Slater, with James J. Dillon in my corner, there's no way that I can lose. That's right, I said it. And we'll be back with more. You come back also.